G'day civilians, little public service announcement here. On behalf of our partners at Better Beer, the Arvo Ale is upon us. And that means that as soon as the sun gets past the peak of its daily arc and the stifling heat and rank humidity are at their oppressing most mugginess, nothing on this planet will freshen up your Arvo like a Better Beer Arvo Ale. This is the most sessional Pacific Ale that'll ever pass your lips. Super easy drinking, clean and crisp. It's like a winter offshore in the middle of summer and it's a craft beer without the craft beer wank. You know what I'm talking about. Craft beer wank, it kind of tastes a bit like, I don't know, fruit salad and yogurt. It's like, fuck, man, if I want to drink fruit salad and yogurt, I'll fucking go and get a smoothie, all right? When I drink a beer, I want to be refreshed. I want it to be clean and crisp and I want it to be the better beer Arvo Ale. So kick the back half of your day off in style with a better beer Arvo Ale. It's available now at all good bottle shops or you can jump online and see where they stock it. Better beer Arvo Ale, proud partners of Ain't That Swell. Ain't That Swell presents Crawlords. Today's guest is among the best to ever do it, in my opinion. Laurie Towner, an absolute artisan in the juice. He set the standard for skits cones everywhere from off the wall to Shipstern's Bluff to Cloud Break, Cape Salander, and so on. After parting ways of his main sponsor, Billabong, at the tender age of 25, Laurie served as a tradesman and labourer on building sites, in between strike missions to score what's still rated among the best waves caught by any surfer anywhere on earth. In recent years, his insane surfing exploits have been funded by Need Essentials, an underground wetsuit company which has sprung up out of nowhere to create one of the best teams and, in my opinion, best surf film catalogues in the game. Man, they're on a tear. And after this chat, I can't wait to see what they and Laurie produce in the coming years. Yeah, Laws, how are you going? Yeah, good. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Fuck, I'm frothing to have you on. Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Mate, it's, uh, yeah, I feel like I've spent most of my life watching your career go down from afar and, uh, yeah, to finally be face-to-face with you, albeit through a computer screen. Just (laughs) psyched, man. Psyched to... uh, just relive your career and your life, frothing. Ah, uh, cheers, cheers. Thanks, um, thanks for having me. Pleasure, man. And uh, it was crazy just doing a bit of like research and and prep for this uh, interview. Like, you know, as I said, I've watched your career develop over the years, but yeah, you can forget that you ticked every box, man. Like you ticked, you fucking every wave of consequence. You got a psycho one out there. Um, and like, you know, Cloud Break, Jaws, Shippies, The Right, The Verge, fucking Toomies. Oh, man, it's kind of an endless list. Like, it's the ultimate core surfing existence, not to blow too much smoke up your ass, but just for me, looking looking across the, the whole career span, yeah, I, I just reminded me, like, how exceptional a surfing life you've had, man. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, no, I am. I, um... I feel pretty proud of what I've achieved with, um, I mean, it was sort of a, not, not a full length career, so to speak, but, um, in the years that I was chasing it pretty hard, I, I'm pretty proud of what I've achieved. And, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still enjoying my surfing and I still don't feel like personally I've ticked all the boxes that I'd love to tip tick. And, um, I've still, um, you know, I don't have anything to prove to any, anyone. I've never been like that, but for myself, I've, um, I've still got things I'd love to achieve and do, and, um, still got little personal goals that I'd, I'd love to, um, to do. But other than that, I'm, I'm definitely pretty proud of what I've achieved. That's for sure. Yeah, it's been epic to watch, and it is crazy to reflect on the fact that, yeah, I mean, I think you you lost your major sponsor billabong around like like twenty five or in the in your twenties at some point, was it? Yeah, I was, was twenty five, um, and that all sort of come to an end. Which, um, looking back, it's it's actually been an amazing. I'm glad it actually all turned out that way because from that day, you know, that year on, I, I raised my beautiful family, and I've had plenty of time to hang and spend with them, and. And I absolutely love being a dad and love being a family man and um, to spend time, good quality time around those guys is, you know, it's life's, you know, it's been amazing. Yeah. That's such a good point because yeah, if you contracted kind of big money surf career drags on, you, you're not having kids that age and you know, like, yeah, you just, you're in a totally different situation. You don't even know if, yeah, like it's a, a sliding doors moment and, you know, looking at your life and, and all the insane surfing you've done since then, um, you know, it hasn't affected your ability to, to ride ways of consequence, uh, well. So yeah, like, uh, I can see how you, you, you see a real positive side to that. Um, in terms of like objectives and goals from this point on, like, what, what are you thinking? Um, I'm still, like I'm still keen to, you know, I'm I don't really care about proving a point in in monster waves or whatever, but I've um yeah, I've still got um like I'm always thinking of what I could be doing with with my ability. And um I feel like as I'm getting older or the age I'm at now, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm surfing better than ever. And um I don't think, you know, you do your best surfing in your twenties. I reckon it's in your thirties for sure. Or maybe, I don't know, forties, who knows in the future, people seem to be getting better as they get older and as generations go on. So whether that comes from healthier lifestyles or whatever these people are doing and, um, or the gene, our body, you know, the human genes getting more powerful or better or stronger as, as I don't know, I don't know what it is, but you look at some of the things that older people have done and, and what crew like in their fifties have done now, like, you know, especially in bigger waves. But like I said, I, I don't, I, I've never really, like I get labeled as a big wave surfer. Um, but in my, my head and the way I think I've never felt like a, a big wave surfer. I've just felt like a, a surfer, like a, um, you know, just a, a lucky person who's been able to surf, you know, any sort of waves. And, um, and for me, uh, like moving forward, I just want to surf amazing waves and see some amazing waves and, um, not necessarily be giant waves. And if there's giant waves in front of me, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely jump in and see how I go but I don't feel I have to be the standout or anything in those sort of situations and I don't sort of have that drive anymore to be a standout like I'm, I'm happy to just be a part of those days and and um, just let my surfing do the talking like it always has so I'm not um, I'm not super hungry in, in that sense that's for sure but um, I'm just I'm just excited to continue to see some amazing ocean in front of me and um 
you know, now with the the role I've got with Need Essentials, I'm pretty lucky. So they're they're you know they they suit my lifestyle to a T. So I'm pretty grateful and thankful for that. Yeah, it's amazing what Need have done, man. Like the film projects they're putting out and the surfers they they've taken on yourself, uh, Torrin, Bryce. Uh, you know, like it just screams surfing for the right reasons. You know, they're just putting people in situations that they want to be in and it's all about love and connection with the ocean and nature and the products of that are amazing like it's actually i don't know it, it, they're kind of setting the standard i feel like for for the culture of surfing that they're pushing at the moment in in the whole world um i i can't think of any films that i've enjoyed more than the last few that have come out and in fact the whole series like um, all the stuff Tyne's done, all the stuff you've done that following the fall line was fucked up, fucking mind melting actually. Um, <laughs> so full credit to like, I think it's Ryan down there and, um, yourself and, and Jack and whoever else is, uh, you know, behind the, the ideas coming out of there. Can, can you give us an idea of what those conversations are like and, and kind of what it looks like, um, behind the curtain down there? Um, yeah, well, there's, you know, there's just a lot more passion and energy put into each project and it's not, um, it's not about doing something and getting it out there and filling your face full of, you know, quick content or however, you know, they put a lot of energy and love into the, every film, every film they do, they take their time and, um, really make an effort where you see, you know, you see so much crap out there that, um, you can flick through and you see some amazing surfing put in these crap edits and you're like, far out. I wish you'd just hold off on that and take your time and make something that's going to blow people's minds. Maybe hold off for one year and gather all that footage that you've got. And, you know, but again, there's a lot more than obviously just the surfing. There's all the people behind from the music, from people like Ryan who, who direct and, um, you know, he's got such a creative eye and, um, his input to all the films you know he he's he's kind of driving the whole thing and um just his creativity so you need that creative background to um to make it work the way it works but um every little detail of each film you know there's a lot of thought put into it so that's that's something I've seen um now that I'm working alongside Ryan is the way it all gets put together and how um how much effort goes into every little aspect of the film yeah, I heard that. So they've given you a role there. They've gotten you off what we're doing, tiling or some trade prior to that. Uh, and now you're, you're working in the need team. Yeah. So I've, you know, basically going back to the, you know, when I lost my sponsor or whatever, I was 25 and I jumped straight onto a job site because that's, you know, got a lot of good close friends around here that, you know, are tradies and, you know, I jumped straight onto that and I labored for a few years as a builder or just helping out a builder and um, doing carpentry. And then um, another mate offered me a tiling apprenticeship. So I jumped on and did that and finished my tiling apprenticeship. So I'm a qualified tiler. But, um, you know, just when I basically just finished that, um, I was I, a couple of years before, you know, into my tiling need come along and Ryan, I become friends with Ryan just just chatting to him in the surf i didn't even know he was a wetsuit designer or whatever you know i was just hey mate how are you and just started chatting and got to know him and then um became a friendship before a sponsorship or a you know be to be working with those guys but um so i was on the job site and just um doing that side of things and i guess ryan seen a bit of a um creative side in in, in me and 
offered me this role and now I'm just helping out within the company and every sort of little aspect. So it's been been exciting and it's uh, freed up a lot of time for me because I'm working on the computer a lot more and um, obviously, yeah, your work's on the computer so you can do it at night time, early mornings or jump on and off it so you can make the most of the best part of the days, which is amazing and it suits my lifestyle way more. But, um, but yeah, I'm also still giving my, um, like, my tiling my old tiling boss a hand here and there so it's also been beneficial having a trade as well so um yeah that's kind of what's going on and that that's fascinating yeah give us a bit of an insight into ryan so um you know he's the man behind yeah like i said one one, one of the great underground surf labels that's kind of sprung out of nowhere in a sense and uh you know, I believe what was he living on a boat or something down there in the Clarence uh, at, at one point, and you know, clearly he's he's got very distinct tastes in surfing. Like he really fucking gets it, um, as you can tell by what's coming out of the Need Lab. Yeah, give us a bit of an insight into who the man is, and and yeah, I guess what his role is uh, at Need. Yeah, so Ryan, he's um he's originally from Torquay, and. I guess, you know, the, the surf industry is quite big down there and that's where I feel like in the beginning Australia or it might even still be, it's kind of like the capital of the surf industry and I'm sure a lot of people down there, you know, it'd be like if it was here, all instead of being all tradies, you'd be like putting your hand up and going and going into the surf industry, I'm sure. So he's been around it a long time and um, being a designer, I think he was – the youngest ever head designer in Quicksilver or something. I don't yeah, know. He's right. been a designer his whole life. And um, I think like, you know, people like that, like myself and, um, you know, the whole surf industry, the way it all goes, it's not cut out for everybody. And, um, you know, the lifestyle is good fun times, but it might not exactly be the way you want your life to go. And Ryan's a pretty simple person and, he just enjoys, you know, I see him walking along the, the track here on his own or whatever. He's just a cruiser and um, I guess he loves a simple life and, yeah, he lived on a yacht for a while and I think that's how he sort of, um, I mean, he would have come here before that, but he was kicking around on his boat for a while here and um, he bought a place just inland years ago and he's lived here for the past 10 or 15 years and, um yeah, and then he he started Need within that time. I, I think seven or eight years ago he started that just with the idea to have just a small company to live a good lifestyle, you know. He didn't expect it to grow as big as it has and he just wanted to, you know, continue to live a simple lifestyle and, you know, make money off his suits that he sold and all of a sudden it got a little bigger than what he expected and now he's given people like myself jobs and, um, yeah, that's kind of where it's at yeah and just giving surfing such a gift uh i mean the last last gift was following the fall on as i said that bryce young film and uh you had a, a pretty sick cameo in that man uh i think writing a few luke daniels asims was it yeah my, I, my mate um i don't know luke at all like as you know I've, um basically rode dills my whole life and absolutely love his boards and you know from a little fish to a giant gun dill can shape absolutely everything and um uh, it was just funny how that happened with that board i um one of my, my best mates he's been getting heaps of luke daniels boards and he just rocked up with it and 
said, oh, here's a board to try, an asymmetrical thing. And I was like, what, you've got that for me? Like he just, one of my close good mates, he's just dropped me a board to the front door and um, it just so happens to go really, really well and riding something different and fresh. Like I, I don't, I've never, I've stepped on a couple of Bryce's asymmetrical boards in the past, but never really gave them a good crack, you know, and never um, put enough time into them. You know, I've just swapped boards here and there in the water and had a quick try, but to have your own and actually have a bit of a proper surf on it. And yeah, it feels like a really nice board. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what was your take on that film all in all? All in all, it's, uh, as you, you've seen, I'm sure the whole world's seen, it's insane. It's um, the, I already know the surfing Bryce does and has done in the past. I've grown up, you know, he's grown up just down the road from me. I, when I lived in Angara at my mum's, I'm, I'm now out of Woolaway, but um, we grew up pretty much side by side or just down the road. And um, uh, I guess I sort of left school early and Bryce had always done homeschooling. So he was one of my surf mates growing up from young. Um, so I've witnessed, as you could imagine, some unbelievable surfing just with no cameras around and whatever, you know, just going for a surf. And so um, the surfing obviously didn't blow my mind because it's already blown my mind from growing <laughs> up and surfing a lifetime with him. He's just, yeah, he's naturally talented on absolutely any surfboard. Um, I've been on snow trips with him too back in the day and you just – jumps on a snowboard you know holy shit like he's just flying down hitting giant kickers doing spins and blah 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 and he's just naturally talented on absolutely everything he stands on so um yeah to see him finally put out you know get a film and energy like what need have done you know like like you're saying we're saying before how well they make their films and put time and energy to see it done on bryce is pretty pretty epic to see a, a mate that you know you want to see his talent get put out there and shown to the world and it's finally been done the way it's been done how mm. need of that so um it's pretty special and pretty amazing and pretty pretty proud of him and and he's yeah insane surfing as you as you can see in the film yeah so sick man like need really just represent like the kind of antithesis of that corporate surf realm and, and that's you know the whole corporatization of surfing's definitely been uh, a big force for like, fuck, I don't know, at least the last 20 years, probably 30. And I guess they say culture is a reaction to what came before. So, you know, now we've got these little kind of family made, uh, heartfelt companies sponsoring these core kind of underground guys like yourself and, and Bryce and, and Tyron. And, um, man, it's, it's so refreshing. Like what you were saying before was so on point just about, that amount of mediocre edits, like really good surfing interspersed with a lot of really average surfing. I feel like almost every surf film I watch, it's like 90% filler, 10% like yeah, that was sick, but it's, it's all fucking spread out across the whole thing. So like it leaves you feeling underdone and you eventually just get a bit of a fatigue towards um, good surfing or, or surf fucking films. And which is kind of sad when you come from right, a generation. Yeah, I guess with the the bigger companies, it's also disposable. You know, if if there was a little bit more loyalty, say like even right now, you see some of the amazing surfers that are with the companies, and they're still not doing much with them. If they just put focus and time into that one person and 
you could, you know, you don't need these huge tech. Well, I don't know. You, you just more energy into those individuals, and you get to see some insane stuff. Like, I mean, you, yeah. Every it's it's like when I, you know, got dropped or whatever happened, and with Billabong, if you put more energy into that into one person, and you'd really uh, utilize their talent and see. So I'm pretty stoked to be a part of a company that's actually doing that. That. Um, you know, they they see you for who you are and um just feels a lot more, yeah, like like family in a sense. It's it's been amazing to be so um closely involved in in need and doing what I'm doing. And um yeah, I'd love to see it with a lot more surfers because there's so many talented people out there and um you see a lot of wasted talent in a sense with you know what what people could be doing and with mm. especially big companies with some of the surfers they've got you look at these crazy teams on the big companies and then you you just see these weird chopped up edit things and you're like wow you could be telling a story on that individual or really getting to know that person Holy. and um, it doesn't seem to happen too much so I'm, I'm so stoked to be a part of something where they're actually telling true legit real life stories so that's a good yeah. point man yeah a, a lot of the films they have that really kind of effortless narration and there is a bit of a narrative to go along with with the surfing and that adds a whole layer to it because so much of the the surf adventures that are depicted in film you don't get a sense of the person or the place it's just kind of surf porn um, it is for sure and yeah. don't get me wrong there's obviously endless amazing stuff out there too but mm. i just you know you, you definitely yeah it's kind of like when you look at a football team or something and you're like that footy you know there's someone who's played for the one team that they become part of that team and then all of a sudden they flick over and you're like oh he's part of that team now and it's just it's kind of weird to me in a sense but it is what it is and that's how the world rolls <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and <laughs> you know, story is, is humanity's oldest tradition. Like it's how we make sense of the world. And um, I've always thought, yeah, that, you know, it's particularly with surf films, like the story side of things is, is often forgotten in place of just the, the surf action. And it's just, yeah, like, um, you know, you're just kind of missing out on, on something that's really valuable and, and could be, it takes a bit more effort to, to, to make the story a part of a surf film and, you kind of got the other extreme now where you got all the the YouTube vlogs and all that where, you know, it's kind of all story, but the stories are just really poorly told because they're, you know, it's a fucking pro surfer who's <laughs> doing his best. He doesn't, he doesn't have that skill set like um, as a storyteller and they're whacking up these kind of things real quick to get the hits and all the rest of it. And you just end up with a whole lot of fucking filler again. But yeah, there's a middle ground there where you, you're given a sense of, a, a place and the individual and the people and the culture and, and the waves and like all those things together is so rich. It's really what attracted me to surfing in the first place. For sure. Yeah. I feel, well, it's like growing up our generation or whatever, when you'd get a, a um, you get a VCR and your bloody thing and it's like, it's one of Taj's films or something. It's like, wow, these are sick. Like, or you get to watch like raw irons or something. They're actually like proper you know thought out made films that take time but yeah it's kind of um yeah it's i mean now it's just you click on the tv and you see a lot of different stuff <laughs> it's so true yeah and those films like i clung to every little tidbit every little insight that was into taj or or bruce's life or Andy's life like like they bec i watched those films so many times and 
like just you didn't get that much of a sense of who they were, but you got enough to like start modeling or, or your life on it or at least picturing kind of how they were living. And that was like massive to me as a kid and the music and yeah, the, I guess I just watched those films so many times that it, it fully ended up shaping me in heaps of different ways. <laughs> For sure. It's to think about it. I guess it's different. There's so much, you know, you just flick your phone on and there's all this stuff and it's like so much unbelievable stuff is just almost disposable. It's weird. It's like you see the craziest thing and you just, well, okay, next. And then it's like, yeah, it's just weird. It's a weird. Our minds are full of, uh, I don't know, just full of everything, <laughs> too much stuff. It's so true. Yeah. It's just full saturation, just fucking yeah, <laughs> everything psycho, then nothing psycho at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, talking about um Yamba, like Bryce, you know, growing up next to Bryce. And, you know, I think he mentions in that film that you're a big influence on him. Like uh, he, you know, used to look up to you a lot as a grom. I guess he's a few years younger than you. Um, but Yamba, man, like it's just such a, a, a rich hotbed of a certain style of, of surfing and, and culture like just so many effortless stylish surfers incredible boards uh coming out of there you know you got Dahlberg uh Will Weber uh in that kind of shape as Ali Zone you got so many surfers across the generations Nat Young, Batty, um Navarin, Walt, yourself, Bryce um apologies if I've forgotten anyone but um talk to us yeah a, a bit about growing up in Yamber and um you know who were your big influences like and fuck man obviously i know you're really close to batty and uh and then that like is in the town too like two of the 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 greatest icons of their generation of all time really like and you're seeing them on the daily like how i don't know how massive was that um well it's funny i was some you know i'm a i'm originally from broom's head which is the next town south about 20 kilometers and um i was what when i moved in gary i was maybe six or something like six or seven right. i can't exactly remember um, and broom's head just to give us an idea that joint um like that's like freak man it's almost like a, an encampment eh? like it's 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 so so buried in the bush and uh like yeah give us an idea of what life in, in broom's head's like when i was a kid it was yeah she was a pretty quiet little place um yeah, I mean, I I'm, I feel blessed with the life where I've been brought up and um, living a country life. Um, and yeah, for me, it's been amazing. And um, basically, yeah, Broomshead was yeah, she's a quiet little town, and um, but we've got beaches uh, everywhere along here. Is pretty much you know you're on the coast, and it's everything to do with the ocean and and the ocean lifestyle. So um basically you know i started my life out there and then the parents split up and me and my next oldest brother um i got three older brothers so me and my, my older brother huey um we went with my mum to angari she was you know we didn't know where we we're gonna go so single mum renting a house and different times back then with the prices of everything now so now it's angari's whatever it's worth but um you know my mum made the smart move to move to Angari, which we, you know, putting a couple of kids at Angari at that age is pretty, pretty lucky. So um, I didn't really, you know, I didn't sort of 
think of the surfing i was already a little beach kid little punk rat kid i don't know i had a pretty funny start to life um as you can imagine with three older brothers and two oldest pretty rough characters so <laughs> I've, I've had a pretty pretty funny like a good fun upbringing really and yeah. um it's sort of like you know the ocean pretty well intrigued me from the beginning and um you know the coolest thing about growing up in smaller towns and it was you know it feels busier now than than obviously ever like every town but growing up in a town that's purely um all about surfing you know back then it was all it still kind of is but there's a lot more holiday homes and not as many families out in Gary as there was when I was a kid but um it was just you know purely about surfing and I guess I just got put into that very quickly and um I picked it up really quickly I um I sort of I guess again quite quite a fearless little kid and um would be trying to keep up with the older people, say my older brother and or brothers. And um, that's, you know, again, the other cool thing about growing up in smaller towns is, is, and I mean, this could be everywhere, but um, age doesn't matter. You're sort of, I could be a seven-year-old. I'm seeing it now with my son, actually. Like I could be a seven-year-old hanging out with 12 or 15-year-olds and um, it doesn't matter. So you, you're trying to keep, keep up with the older crew. And so surfing just, fell naturally for me and um I yeah like I said I picked it up pretty quickly as soon as I got given given a surfboard and you know I remember wanting a surfboard for years and my mum you know we were pretty you know not not a wealthy family at all so um I remember my mum finally buying a third hand surfboard for a hundred bucks for me and it just from that day on I was just off you know just you know surfing down spooky beach and making my way out to spooky point and then going to like the point was a big step or whatever and and you know not like today like myself as a parent you're always really guiding your kids it's kind of there was not really any guidance from a lot of elders you know it was more you keeping up with the kids a couple of years older than you or a few years older than you um there wasn't you know it was a lot more just free range I feel like so um, I, I guess I, I just learnt naturally and um, then as I sort of got right into it then there was a lot of mentors that were older that um, like you said a lot of amazing surfers around to really look up to and everybody you know looks out for each other in the ocean around here and whatever so um, having all those older mentors was pretty special because there's definitely a lot of talented good surfers around here and um, yeah I feel feel blessed and lucky to have grown up where I did and um, you know have the people around me that I did yeah and uh, it's interesting like your career is pretty divergent to a lot of the guys from me Amber just in the sense of like man from, like you're so synonymous with, with slabs and heavy water um you know and, and there's a couple of waves yeah you know there's the old waiver in that zone that, that has a bit of that feel to it but you know talk to us about when you really develop the the desire and the connection with with those kinds of conditions um i think one thing about our area is um obviously in a lot smaller scale is we get a lot of raw raw ocean you know you Say when Goldie's beautiful and and perfect and um, 
Suddenly and crystal, whatever, I'll be down here paddling out shitty 10-foot ugly point just to get out in the ocean. And it's got that raw feel. It's got that like um, it's definitely got that, you know, unorganized ocean feel. And you sort of, I guess, in a sense, like a um, yeah, a very scaled down Hawaii style feel. The ocean's jumbled and um powerful. It's powerful here. It can be very powerful when it's bigger and um i sort of didn't there was no like jumping a hurdle for me as a kid i kind of wasn't like i was scared of it and then jump like you hear some stories everyone has their own story with how they got into big waves i feel like or, or powerful waves. i feel like i just always wanted to do it i don't know whether it was because you know, I was the youngest and always trying to, youngest of three older brothers or the, you know, always trying to prove myself or something when I was younger. I don't really, I can't, can't really tell you that, but um, I just know that I never really jumped no hurdle to surf big waves. I just, from a young age, I, I just was always going out and um, never sort of said no, I guess. And then it really sort of took off once I, became a sponsored surfer as a young kid and and started doing a trip or two and then um you know a huge person that's been a big inspiration and um a big mentor and part of my life is is Dill Longbottom and once he took me sort of under under his wing a bit he'd, he'd take me down the south coast and um he was the one who originally took me to shippies or, or made me get on those trips and took me to Chopu for the first time and and crew like you know have people like that sort of guide you or just just make sure you're there with them like and and then because he obviously knew what I was you know how I was surfing and you know I was having a crack or whatever and he um he wanted me there on trips and if it wasn't for him I might not have caught some of those waves that I that I have so um yeah, like I said, I never jumped a hurdle from a young age. I just sort of kept getting into it. And the waves, when you're a little kid, when the, the waves around here, when they're 10 foot and windy and whatever, it's pretty powerful. So um, so felt like I just naturally got into it in a sense. Mm. Yeah, and that connection with Dill is, is such a, a deep and storied connection with a guy who, you know, I think his contributions to – slab surfing hollow waves big waves i don't know if it's it's probably underrated globally you'd have to say like because in australia at least fuck man he was one of the first guys to really kind of take to those boog slabs and 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 show that they were surfable and, and fine lines into them and make it look like an art form um you know fuck man those early billabong videos like frame lines and shit like that were were so iconic for for his surfing in them um yeah talk to us about like uh you know your earliest memories of deal and um yeah just how that kind of relationship developed and, and what do you and what's he like in those situations you know when you're a grom and, and he's showing you the ropes at shippies or, or some of the south coast slabs yeah what kind of a mentor is he he's um Adapto dog yeah he's, he's an absolute brother he's got the more energy than a friggin 10 year old who's never i don't know his energy's ridiculous he's he's just always been excited and just someone who's 
all go, you know, he's, and to have people, you need people like that around when you're dealing with the ocean because all of a sudden it's there and then all of a sudden it's not there. So he was just always on it. And, um, yeah, to have someone like him as a, a mentor and a, one of my best mates is like shapes my boards and just the relationship we've had throughout our careers has been insane. And I feel like that generation really, like you said, you know, they, they started the, the, not started, but well, maybe they did the, the, the slab thing and, um, you know, really pushing it in those heavier waves on surfboards and, um, to, you know, to grow up and, and have someone like him sort of lead the way for me in a sense is pretty special. And I feel pretty grateful, but, um, I've never like, you know, I've, I've done so many trips with him that have just been unbelievable. We both caught the waves of our lives and um, yeah, the relationship we've, we've had is insane. So, yeah. What would you say uh, like is one of the really memorable trips that, that you guys have done together? Oh, there's been countless, but um, you know, for me, there's, you know, for him to put me on that first trip down to Tassie and catch that wave at Shippies at 19 years old or, um, but then to, yeah, it just goes, like, we've had insane surfs at Apocalypse. We've, I don't know, some of the Chopu sessions we've had, like that Code Red day was just, you know, that was something, you know, we'll both never forget. Like we just felt so in tune that day and, the way that all unfolded, you never know how your day is going to go when you're looking at ocean like that. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, to be, you know, some of the sessions we've had and just how we don't even have to talk to each other to, um, to just, you know, understand each other. And, um, I feel like that relationship has really worked amazing. And, you know, to see him still charging the way he is now is just inspiring. I know he just hurt himself pretty bad down down south Oz or where, wherever that was. And um to see him, you know, still at, you know, just about to turn 50 and just doing what he's doing. It's like pretty inspiring for someone like myself who's in my mid-30s. And you know, I I I'm you know I, I still yeah it's it's crazy to see what he's done and the career he's had and the places he surfed. It's yeah, it's amazing. It is amazing, man. And it's such a good point that you're making early on just about how surfers can really do their best surfing after 30. I'm fascinated by that. You know, like when I was growing up, it was not like that. It was, you know, your career was kind of over by 30, it seemed. And, you know, Oki winning a world title at 33 or whatever was like the craziest thing ever. And now it's just completely flipped on its head, in, especially in the the kind of heavy water game with Twiggy and Pete Mel and, and Slater and, and Dill, like, Man, you're dead on. Like, I feel like I still feel like your best surfing is ahead of you. And, like, you know, you look back, what was it, 2019? You got that crazy one at Cloud Break, crazy one. Like, and, uh, yeah, you know, in theory, like, you're over the hill, but that's like the fucking wave of your life. And it kind of feels like you're only getting started in, in some ways. Yeah. Well, like I, like I was saying earlier, um, I, I, any, any waves I'm stoked with, like, I'm just a surf frother. So like, I don't surf as much as I would have 10 years ago or whatever, but I still, if there's good waves, I'm surfing. And, um, you know, like, like you're saying, it's, you should always look at that. Your best surfing is in front of you, whether you are slowing down or not, you, your best, surf, you're still going to be 
trying to pick that best line on whatever board you're going to be riding as an old boy. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, I'm, I still feel fit and healthy and um, I'm just, I'm really enjoying my surfing. I, I love it more than ever. And um, I'm, I'm not going to slow down just yet. That's for sure. Yeah, totally, man. Uh, it's such a good point. Like you, you talk about Dill and, 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 you know, there's Pete Mel and guys like that, but fuck, mate, are you kidding me? Nat Young in that film was ripping. Are you serious? That was wild. <laughs> uh, he, he must be like a thousand by now. Yeah, he's um, he he's always like, even when he's being injured, you'll see him. Um, he loved, he's one of those people who just loves the ocean too. You'll see him. I remember when he had a bit of an injury a while back, I forget if it was his knee or hip or whatever, but he was going out and cooking surf and just laying down to on a surfboard to, you know, cause he loves the ocean and loves, loves that lifestyle. And he's such a goer now. He doesn't stop like whether it's in the snow or whatever he's doing, he's just a, he's a goer. So yeah, you want to be, you want to be that age and still going. You don't want to um, slow down. I don't think anyone should, you shouldn't look at life, being you know you're in your 60s and let's you know start drinking beer every arvo and taking out you know i don't think that's the way you should look at life i think just keep pushing on until you drop <laughs> well said man well said yeah you're a long time dead you may as well make the most of uh your, your precious time on this planet and no better way to spend that than in the brine and um, talking about influences, man, like talk to us a bit about Batty. I, I know you guys were close. Like, you know, my only knowledge of the guy is in the folklore, watching him in Morning of the Earth, you know, running down the beach in the cutoff jean shorts, fucking snapping into the pit. Like, I, I don't know the guy from a bar of soap, but like that, that, that footage, that imprint of him shaping his own boards, like that shit was like fully mesmerizing for the, when you, you know, I think I was probably in my early 20s when I, first saw morning of the earth but just to see people living like that and uh yeah. to know that like that was cool it was sweet to do that you're allowed to to be like that and and you're allowed to fucking live off peanuts and make your own boards in some rundown farm shack and dedicate your life to nature and 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 fuck all else like what was that like man growing yeah, up with that, like that yeah insane like day baddie yeah dave I, i've never really called him baddie it's funny because he's been sort of like a as a stepfather in a sense to me and um you know yeah so basically he's um he's been a huge mentor to not just myself but pretty well this whole community going back 10 you know 10 years and whatever he he had a close relationship with absolutely everyone he liked if he didn't like you you'd know about it which was um, it was good you know he was a solid person in that sense and if he liked you and um yeah, the amount of friends around here and and family and stuff that had a close relationship to Dave is pretty amazing. He was such a frother, like as speaking of frothers in that generation, um, he loved the ocean more than anyone. He'd be down on the little Spookies rip right on the shittiest days, surfing basically every day. And um, he, yeah, so he like long story short he him and my mum he was my mum's partner for roughly 20 years so oh. that sort of started when I was about um I don't know like early teens or whatever so and that's when you know when you're an early teen and you become a sponsored young surfer and um you really it was all about contests back then he used to help help out um 
helped me read the ocean and understand the ocean. Like if I was down, you know, if I had a contest coming up or whatever and I'd be out surfing the shittiest surf and he'd, he'd, he really like helped me out with, uh, with understanding how to read the ocean. And I think part of that come from his background well, obviously surfing and a lifetime of surfing amazing waves, but also the fishing knowledge and just being on marks and all that sort of thing and uh, having landmarks and all, you know, so it really helped in my early stage competition days, his, his mentor and guidance in that sense. And, Hmm. um, but yeah, and even, you know, he taught me a lot about fishing, which is, which is pretty cool. He's a professional fisherman and we just launched his boat here and I fished a a lot with him because I love it as well. And um, yeah, he, yeah, he was just, he lived an insane life. And even, you know, he passed passed away on the point, on the beach at the point, which is, you know, he couldn't write a book. Of it. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. He's, he, you know, he lived an amazing life, um, amazing generation, sort of the time they, you know, his, his, his time, lifespan was at an amazing time and, um, yeah, pretty special, special human and not just special to me, but pretty much this whole community or, you know, the, the community that's, that's sort of born and raised here and he, all those people that he touched and, um, yeah, he's been a huge, huge inspiration for a lot of us, not just myself. Yeah. And man, it'd be mad of me not to acknowledge, you know, the history of morning of the earth, that film in Angari and Yamba and, you know, the, the tree houses, like, those the like the people are living in and, and that kind of that country soul lifestyle and man it it's, it's it was so real and and raw for that time you know there was, there was a lot going on in the world there was fucking wars and you know there was no professional surfing industry so these guys were were chasing a lifestyle and in order to survive, you know, it, it meant being a, a really good farmer or fisherman or, or, or uh, and building your own boards. Like, um, you know, how old were you when you, when you saw morning of the earth for the first time and, and, and the gravity of, of what, um, Dave was a part of started to dawn on you. Dave used to put with all my mates, like, like, um, my house out in Gow mum's house, um, was like the drop-in center for all the kids. Like there was, you know, there'd, there'd be every weekend, there'd be 10 to 15 kids kicking around my mom's house and Dave would be there all day long. Like we'd be going surfing, coming and going and he'd be sitting there all day long showing old old school surf films. And, you know, there's endless, endless different films, like ones that I don't even know if they're out there. So I should go to my mom's and have a try and dig out some of those old films. But um, I just remember, yeah, just watching classic old surf films with him um you know every weekend and then we'd be going surfing and yeah like i said not just myself but a whole whole bunch of us kids and it was pretty pretty special childhood growing up with with older crew to showing you hey you know pretty well guiding the way and leading the way and getting you absolutely psyched on on you know what you're doing with surfing so mm. pretty special and such healthy balance to have to, to know that that side of surfing exists. I feel like a lot of people um, who grow up with aspirations of becoming a professional surfer, you know, maybe their dad is or whatever, but generally that that dream takes shape in the form of contests, in the form of, um, you know, these big money contracts and stuff like that. Whereas Dave's generation, like it, it was a lot more pure than that. 
And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'll be interested to, to get your thoughts on, you know, you've lived both those lifestyles. You, you, you live in Dave's life. You grew up living that morning to earth style, like pretty much subsistence living with a fucking single mom and, um, you know, surfing for the love of it on, on beat up shit boards. Then you became the high profile professional surfer. And now you're back to being like just living a, a simple country life like you know which one brings you more enjoyment do you reckon a hundred percent you know which one <laughs> yeah that's i reckon that's why um you know I, the surf industry was not cut out for me and that's that's the whole thing i like even don't be brutally honest even to do this podcast i'm i get i, I think i get like anxiety and wig out and like mm. fuck really want to talk and tell the world my story and yeah um, i honestly um, i'm I, I like to be the quietest person in the room and hang in the back corner and say good day to everyone be friendly and be the person i am but um uh, I've, I've never really enjoyed being center of attention um and obviously the surf scene and putting yourself out there puts you in that position and um you know, I feel like if I was uh, a lot more proactive in that sense and if I was, you know, um, more into it in that side of things in the surf scene, you know, and not the feel like the morning earth scene, want to go solo fishing by myself or go walk down a bush track and go for a surf or whatever. It's um, like, don't get me wrong, I, I can be socialised and friendly and whatever, like it's just, but I definitely would choose the cruisy road rather than the look at me road. Um, and I know a lot of people would be like that too. And they're just, their talent and abilities put them in that position to, um, to do what they got to do. And um, I, I feel like that's a big part of why I didn't continue to be sponsored because, you know, I was probably not proactive enough in the other side of um, the whole surf industry scene thing. You know, I was, I was doing my job in the water, but, Maybe not on land. I don't know. <laughs> oh, such an interesting point. Oh, hundred percent, man. There's this fucking. I, I trip out on it. Like, um, you know, and for me, like, yeah, the cruisy road is the best road. It's I, I'd way rather be doing that than than be a, a publicly visible character. But that cruisy road leads to a fucking job site in South Sydney, and I don't want to be there. So for sure, <laughs> that's exactly that's the downfall of the cruisy road. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's cruisy until it's fucking seven a.m. and the surf's pumping, and you fucking exactly. tread on a rusty nail. Yeah, and I've you know I just gone through that the past seven or eight years of my life is you know uh, not the last past couple of years thankfully and just every bit of thanks to need essentials is the past two years has been amazing and their understanding of me as a person and my family like they see you know they know family first and um that's you know that's been so amazing you know like we're talking about their films and how much love and energy they put into the people they look after it's I feel blessed to be where I am right now with what I'm doing and um and to be given a job with them as well you know as I get older and keep learning the skills that I'm learning I've got a lifelong as long as that company's around I've got a, a job you know and um a fun job at that it's not not like you said going to western Sydney and jumping on a job site I mean <laughs> I don't have to go to, I didn't have to go to Western Sydney. Luckily all my work was local, but, um, uh, but I did, you know, I, I, I actually did the mine road. I did a few mine stints and did you? Uh, wow. I did. so I've done a bunch of different work. Like I've 
I worked on suspended um, concrete slabs and barn and like that nursing home up there. I did all that floor. Like I've done so many different job side mm. jobs and, um, and you know, it's, I mean, it's a good lifestyle. They live an amazing tradies live a hell lifestyle, mm. you know, especially if you work for yourself. Well, but, now let's, um, let's be honest. Like now that there's work on the North coast, which is, you know, that's like a, a, it's a there's only been that work up here for, for 10 years. I feel like uh, prior to that, like if you're a tradesman, it basically meant moving to the big smoke and fucking grinding, yeah. eh? Yeah, unless you got a, a good reputation in a small town, like right. a lot of the so around here, if if you get a you know, it's still small enough where I mean it's getting pretty busy Emma, now, but if it is still small enough that um if you get a bad reputation, you you're not getting hit up. So mm. it's kind of cool in that sense. So you can be good at what you do in, in the tradie world. So um yeah, in smaller towns, that's for sure. Where in, in cities and that, you can just be, yeah, get the job done, do it, whatever. Um, mm. No matter your talent on, on what you're doing. But, but um, yeah, I, I've been pretty pretty lucky that I've only had to work close anyway. So, and my brother's a carpenter, so I've done a heap of work with him. Um, and yeah, a lot of lot of my work, I've barely even had to drive into McLean. So, across <laughs> the bridge. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's been my past sort of the, the majority of my past, you know, oh yeah, seven or eight years. And, and now it's sort of like, I'm back in this amazing position and yeah, maybe my best surfing is ahead of me. <laughs> no doubt, man. I don't think there's any, any doubt in that. And, you know, essentially what you've done is you found the middle road. Like, yeah, if you're too cruisy, um, you know, yeah, you just fucking, you, you end up. A, a talented surfer on a job site there is fucking tens of thousands of that dude yeah. uh in this yeah. country and then um if you go too hard you end up as this desperate pro surfer and, and working for magazines and the media and shit like i, I did experience that and it was a, a fucking strange reality for me <laughs> coming from where i came from and then like having to kind of figure out this networking realm where people are being nice to you like you know, I you know, I was just some fucking shit kicker from from Bondi. So like, understanding why I felt like there was these inauthentic relationships. It's kind of what you're talking about. Like as a pro surfer, you're almost expected to have this ability to network and maneuver um, through yeah. the magazine world and buddy up with editors and all this shit. And um, yeah. like, I I definitely experienced that, and it was a, it was a it was a trippy one for me. I didn't I didn't, I didn't understand it, um, and I, I can totally appreciate how you were not able to function in that kind of environment nor was i and i don't think it's a, a good skill to have to be honest to, to it's not to, it's not uh not really being true to yourself in a sense like you yeah you know, I, I yeah i mean and hats off to the people that have to do it that don't want to do it i don't know like it is that's what the it game is. yeah where it is but um but yeah, it's not cut out for me. I want to, I want to live a, a real life, a true life and a good life. So um, it wasn't, wasn't my thing. That's for sure. And I I guess being who I am has put me where I am now. And, you know, I'm, I'm living, living, having a hell time. I've got a beautiful family and I'm supported by an unbelievable company and um, I've got a, got a trade. So, I've, you know, I've, yeah, it's a bit going on. So it's yeah, cool. found the middle road, dude. It's fucking. It's yeah. It's where you want to be, and uh, it's definitely somewhere you you kind of find, hopefully, by your thirties, where 
Um, yeah, you, you know, I think your twenties is tends to always be about, you know, you can't push the envelope in all directions and then, um, yeah, you, at, 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 by the time your twenties is over and your thirties starts, you, you, you kind of like, well, that didn't work. That strung me out this and that. And you kind of figure out who you are and, and the direction you, you want to be heading, which you've done. And man, um, fuck slow lane was i guess the culmination of a lot of that like that, that was a really sick heartfelt film very typical of the the need essentials catalog and just like a fucking i mean it was a tour de slab but it was amazing <laughs> that like an aussie tour de slab it was just a wall-to-wall fucking orb fest um but then you had your family there with you the whole time i thought that was just so classic you you and your family's as wrapped up in this lifestyle as you are so it, it's seamless like and you talk about the middle road and 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 the cruisy kind of lifestyle like that that was that was it in a nutshell you guys are just you know you're shit kicking you, you're dragging a caravan around the coast like fucking catching salmon and like surfing sick pits like what a classic trip that, that must have been magic to to, to do that pretty uh pretty special and like i mean it wouldn't have happened once again without need essentials and and ryan putting it together and letting us do that trip so um i feel so blessed that we got to do that and you know to all on you know everything on top of that is make a film out of it and have one of my mates nathan henshaw an unbelievable cinema photographer travel along with his girlfriend and with the idea to make this film you know it's like you know it's funny because we we didn't really think we were getting that good a surf and then like you know we we're like stopping in places and because we we did that over eight months so mm. um we we're hanging in spots and whatever and we're like are we even going to be able to make a good film out of the footage we got we we're just being way too hard on ourselves expecting you know as you do like you know thinking we need to score gold everywhere we go but um but to have my family cruise along and you know them get to see australia like that and myself you know i'd never traveled around oz and um i guess it all just fell into that film naturally the way it did and um you know my wife bron she'd never even been to western australia my kids had done you know that only I think this year that's the first time I've been on a plane. So like, you know, we don't, we don't travel a whole lot or do we, we just live a pretty cruisy, simple lifestyle. And, you know, to go and do that for eight months around Oz, I feel, yeah, it was unbelievable. And, you know, then once, once we realized the, the footage and stuff and once we see the film start getting put together, like, wow, this is actually going to make a pretty cool film. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all things in balance. You, you're a, a simple man, but fuck, there is some skitty technical surfing in that film, like very complicated stuff. Uh, the 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 Cape session actually, the the first uh, the first section in that film is it's amazing because I, I don't imagine that's a wave you would have spent a heap of time at. The crowd's pretty thick down there, and um, you know, it's in the middle of industrial Sydney, wedge between a fucking oil refinery and, and Port Botany, like. Um, but yeah, just even the, the very first wave in that section, just the, the sickest, skitsiest airdrop into the thickest orb, uh, you know, 
talk us through that, like the, putting that that section together, and and yeah, even that wave, like uh, that that first one in the film is, is such a ripper. It looks pretty busy, but fuck, man, you, got, you had the read on that joint straight off the bat. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've put a handful of sessions in at Cape, but not, you know, I haven't chased it hard. I've just, you know, if, if it's on and or whatever here and there I'll, and i'm nearby I've, I've jumped on it and had a surf like, like yeah because like I, I guess you can pretty much paddle from the airport to fucking the wave yeah, so it's, it's pretty um, close well i've never i've never really properly flown down and chased it i've gone down for those with dill down on the south coast and like oh hung out and like oh there's going to be a week of waves and sure enough the cape's one of those weeks of waves and you try and all you know you're surfing down on the south coast more so and and then oh yeah, there's going to be a Cape day and we go and hit that. And um, I guess doing the Cape Fear event and then earlier times, That's I, right. I think the yeah. first time I surfed Cape was bloody, I was only like 17 on a South Coast trip with Dill. So I did surf it a long time ago once and I think I snapped three boards. I was just like, I was young and just going anything and everything and um, they weren't necessarily big waves. I was just going the wrong waves and yeah, snapped three or four, yeah, three three boards. I think he maybe creased a fourth board. And um, so I, I have surfed it a handful of times, but I haven't, like I said, chased it. It's just like when it's on, if I'm nearby, I'll, I'll surf it. Um, and But it was funny that that session um, in the film was, you know, I was, I'd just come off a rib injury. I've, um, I, earlier, I was meant to sort of leave on that trip a little bit earlier around Oz, but, um, I went and surfed depot and just fell from the sky on one and and slapped my ribs on the water and and did whatever I'd done to my ribs. I didn't get them checked checked out, but now that I look at when people hit their ribs and punch their lungs, I'm like fuck, yeah. next time I better go to the hospital. <laughs> um, I mean, I've I've done my ribs a handful of times. It's like one of those, and not once you do your ribs once, they kind of can go easier than than. Um, Man, that that that's so. crazy that just the impact of, you know, parachuting out of the lip at depot was enough to, to bruise your ribs. Like, uh, yeah, well, cause I had one of those super thick, obviously leg ropes. I, I jumped, like I, I went to take off on a big late one. Um, and I was too late. So I went to do the old pin drop. And as I got to the bottom, the, the, my board was obviously still up in the lip and the length of the leggy, like got to the, the, the full length and just last minute turned me sideways and I just went slap as hard as I could on on the on the water and um just remembering oh that's not good. And um but yeah so that you know a rib injury can take a couple of months or whatever. So that cape surf going back to that was was basically the first surf I had back from my rib injury. Mm. And and yeah I just jumped into you know that that day and 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 that was the start of our trip with with good waves basically so um from there on we were um you know with the slow lane film we were kind of battling the covid shit so like we'd have to um kind of we jumped the had to jump borders as quick as we could with other plans like thinking oh we'll do this and hang here there could be a swell coming blah blah, blah. and oh shit we got to get across that border or else we're not going anywhere and then, so yeah, that's kind of how the whole start of that, um, that happened. So it kind of, yeah, made us get moving and get into South Oz and onto West Oz. Yeah. It, it seemed like you kind of caught fire at the Cape. Like you, you, I don't know how many sessions it took to put that section together. How, how many did it take? 
That was just the one the one day. No way, man. Yeah. Fuck, you uh, stuffed think, your face out there, dude. That's, uh, hang that's on, sorry. No, I could be lying there. It could have been two days or one yeah. good day and then, um, yeah. And funnily enough, we 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 missed my best wave. No way. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. There's was, uh, was actually one extra cracker, but. That's that's the way surfing and filming goes. A lot of the times, it's mm. it's not easy. It's not easy to line, you know, even for to link things up. It's it's it can be challenging, and um, you know, we 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 did work pretty hard for that. That you know, Henny's such a good filmer. He'd done so well. His his talent um, in the water swimming is just next level. He's one of the like. He, he's one of those so if you put me or underrated underdog people in the surf film uh surfing category in the filming category he is underrated that guy's so talented like if he was given a free range like you know given a budget to go here there and everywhere chasing people swimming out chopu here there blah 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 he would have captured some absolute gold like he's mm one talented water filmer so to have him by my side like that's a big part of why that film's so well too you know done you know filmed so well yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that wave i was i was talking about that first wave it is shot from the water and it is one of the better ones i've seen out there just the airdrop and just when you get a real look at how thick and just the way it grinds along along the reef there uh from that perspective Fuck, man, what a wave it is. It is an incredible fucking joint in the Cape. Yeah, she's she's a tricky wave. She's It's fun to surf. I love, absolutely love surfing it. Um, and like, you know, you're saying crowds before, crowds have never, ever phased me. Um, in a, Well, for a little bit there, it did. And then I got over that fact and fear and just went like, everyone wants a piece of it. Just go and be a part of it. And, and you know, I've... I've never, you know, every majority of the times when I've caught my good waves, it's it's been crowded and mm. not just a average crowd, a crowd of the best of the best, you know. And yeah. I feel like when you're out there with a bunch of amazing surfers, it it all just naturally, you know, works. Yeah. I, I everyone's read on the ocean and understanding of etiquette and and just where to be to to be in the spot or, or be not in the spot, not in exactly. someone's way yeah. is is next level. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if if you're not a, a a prick, which a lot of people aren't, I don't know how hungry you know some people, whatever. But um, you're telling other people to go, and you're not in position. So it's just the way you know. I, I'm always you know if I'm not in position, or if I'm towing into a wave and I, a shippy's aware, and I see one person down the line ready to paddle into that wave, or even have a look, I pull off. Like it's mm. just like you you, you want to see that going forward with with all the. Um, you know, surfing's only get more and more popular and more congested and more talent and whatever. So you kind of just want to see it all happen nice, you know, and, and give, you know, if you're not in position, that person over there, he might be and he might get the way of his day and you should be stoked for him. Not, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be all about yourself, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, man, so crazy that that was one or two sessions like you've obviously found some serious rhythm out there. And I guess sometimes those long injury layoffs, like uh, they can make you so much more hungry and you, you're thinking about surfing so much. And in, the envisioning of, of what you're about to do is underrated uh, in terms of what it allows you to do when that moment comes, you've already seen your way into it. And um, yeah, fuck, that's crazy, man. That, 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 that's, that's insane that 
it was just a couple of sessions tripping on that. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of fucking pit. There's a lot of pits in the, in that clip that, yeah, from a joint. And there's a lot of people also in the lineup. So yeah, you did well. No, cheers. (laughs) Most of those, most of those sessions in that film are only, you know, you just, that's the thing with the, you'll travel around and you get nothing and then boom, here's the day and it's cooking all day. And you, you, a lot of those sessions in that film are just, you know, not too many multiple sessions. It's just like, here's, here's the good day. And that's where I go back to saying, I feel like we didn't get unbelievable ways because a lot of stuff did happen in one or two days of an eight month trip, you know? Mm -hmm. So each spot you're like, bang, bang, done. Oh, wow. That was pretty good. But I didn't think it was that good because it was only happened so quick. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We're not seeing all the days of being hunkered down in that caravan, just getting blasted by a thousand knot sublies and rain and shit. Oh sure, she's a she's a raw country out there. She's uh yeah, a lot of desert out there, but it's it's, it's epic. I'd 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 drop everything and go tomorrow. <laughs> it was such a fun trip, and to do it with the family, it's just you know you're never bored. You're never bored with it. Well, that were five. My kids were five and seven on that film, but um yeah, never never bored. Man, you mentioned uh sheepies before. You know, in some ways, it was kind of the making of you that that trip just. Uh, a lot of it because of who was on it with you, like AI and Parker from memory. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And like, yeah. And Dill, obviously. Um, And what was that like, man? Like how much time, of course, got to acknowledge that crazy one. You got it off the wall too in Hawaii, where I imagine, you know, you're staying at the Billabong house and again, you're sharing space with with AI and Parker, but, you know, talk us through those years. Like, um, and, and I know AI was, gave you some really epic endorsements back in the day. And that really speaks volumes for your ability because like, you know, he ain't a guy to sugarcoat it. And uh, he's not a guy who's easy to impress with you surfing either. So um, incredible that he, he gave you such glowing praise. What was it like, you know, sharing lineups, sharing houses with the great AI? Pretty, pretty insane to have, people like that again as mentors and elders to look up to you know through billabong obviously as a kid it all started there and and um as you said he's not someone to sugarcoat it and i put him say like we're talking about dave batty before and he was the same if he liked you he really liked you if he didn't like you don't you won't yeah he doesn't like it and and Andy was like that to me he really really liked me and I was you know I was always respectful and and nice to him and he was he was always you know really really good to me and almost you know take me under my wing in a sense like he's just every trip I did with him he me and my mate Kendall he really liked us a lot like so it was it was pretty cool and um you know I I got to do count, countless cool things with them and you know when I caught that wave at in Hawaii at off the wall actually I wasn't staying at the house right there I was staying at backyards in the Grommy house and then because I caught that wave how funny is this it's like oh yeah he got a hell wave so now he's in the good house like <laughs> that's cool so <laughs> I guess that's how the big companies work you got hierarchy so anyway that's when I think I went into that house after I caught that wave and um right yeah, and then, but you know, like, talk us through that one because it's like it's fully up there with the great ways that are in there. It's like up there with Curran's one in searching with Tom Currents. It's a fucking nuts one. How old were you at that point? 
Uh, I was 18 with that wave, and um, I think I just turned 18. Yeah, 17 or 18. I can't remember. Um, yeah, getting getting older now. So <laughs> wow. So so you're at that age where yeah, uh, I was young. Yeah, um, young, and and it's an intimidating place. And I feel like you know when I was on the North Shore, you see like it's kids your age that surf fucking ugly, dangerous days where shit can go real pear shaped. But then there's those ones. For sure. And I, I spent, you know, from the moment I did my first stint to Hawaii, um, I was 15 and was uh, my first few years was at log cabins and little, you know, did I know what the bottom like, you know, is out is like out there. And we were paddling out there and surfing that when it looked like pipe and backdoor. And there's a wave I, I got. Um, my very first trip there as a 15 year old going a left out there and just pulling into a close out and it's on film it's an old classic classic you know thinking back it's like it actually hurt my ankle that way but I was fine when you're the 15 you heal pretty quick so I remember it, it was my last like right at the end of the trip I think and yeah I went home with a sore ankle but um but I just remember all my Hawaii stints I just wanted to like get going out and surf you know and 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 paddle out pipe and whether i'll get away about pipe i just remember being you know 16 or whatever and sitting out there looking into pipe bombs and kind of wanting one and um nowadays you actually see 16 year olds getting the bombs out pipe and stuff so it's <laughs> a different yeah you, know, you, you think of what's going on now too compared to what was going on but um i mean it's yes you know, everyone's always charged but you know, I feel like it is getting younger without sort of people recognizing or acknowledging it. Some of the kids these days, you know, is insane. So, um, but yeah, my my whole um, Hawaii experiences was just like, yeah, amazing. Just you know, it was a lot. It was pretty pretty raw, as you know, and you got to be careful and tread lightly, and you're just a little blowing, so you got to, you know, not fuck up. So, <laughs> um, I just remember always surfing anything and everything and um and i mean that day when i caught that wave i was i was actually on my way from backdoor back to off the wall and that wave popped up and they call it ain'ts or whatever and um it just felt like i was just a bit wider backdoor when i took off i wasn't quite in that ain't section i was just like paddling wider backdoor and that thing come in looking like a closeout and and I remember seeing a guy right, right down at off the wall starting to paddle. And I, I, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I yelled or not, but I just remember going it like and thinking like started racing, sort of thinking it's a closeout. And then all of a sudden I come out of it. And that's probably why my claim was so gnarly because I was like, I didn't think I was going to make that at all. And um, yeah, so but yeah, I mean, to catch that wave at at eighteen, I was you know that helped helped where I went with my surfing as a twenty year old and twenty one whatever. And but going back to to having people like Andy and Parker and all you know those older crew who you, they're just your idols at, at at that age. You're like looking up to them, going, "Geez, I hope one day I can surf like those guys," or even you know. Cause it was all about competitions too at that age. Like I remember thinking I, I wanted to be a competitor in my teens and then absolutely lost, you know, lost the drive for competitions as soon as I got to around 20 and, and maybe it was around when I actually caught a couple of those waves and 
I had won a few sort of junior contests and kind of big contests back then that I'd, I'd won. And I just remember the feeling of riding a wave like that compared to the feeling of winning a contest was, you know, riding the wave was just way, way, way more rewarding for me. So um, I guess that's part of why I chose that road and competitions. I couldn't see myself chasing, like I'm too tall to be surfing those little grovelly waves and I have a lot. So um, competitions just sort of, yeah, that's, I'm glad I chose the path I did and didn't try and chase the competitions because I don't think I would have ever made it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yeah. Well, got a doff the cap to the TB. He was, uh, you know, in that, in that year of Billabong. Fuck, the Billy's team was stacked yeah. at that point. So, yeah, I've, I've left out endless people, you know. There's the Wait, whole. good all. Oh, mate. He's good one of my bro. mates and um, growing up surfing with him by my side. He's one of, yeah, he's he's basically been there the whole time. Of, we both we both got sponsored the same day and we both got dropped the same day. How fun <laughs> yes. is that? By Billabong. That's hilarious. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. So, so we've been, yeah, but we've been through, we, when I go think back, he's me and him have been on probably the most trips I've done in my time has been with Wade. So, mm. you know, and you, we all know his talent. He's, he's Australia's Dane Reynolds, you know, he's, mm. he's, you know, he's unbelievable and he's still ripping and he's, yeah, he's the same as me. He's got kids the same age and yeah, we're still pretty close and chat here and there and he comes down and yeah. So so good, man. It's so good that both of you have found some support um, after that period and, and you weren't, you know, forced to to go full on into the workforce and and, and lose the momentum and, and skills that you build up. And as a surf fan and being in the surfing public, it's it's been epic. It's been such a gift to be able to see you guys actually now just flexing the, the kinds of waves that you want to. And yeah, it's a fucking beautiful thing, really. Um and man, I've got to ask you like about AI, like we always ask people this question, but just like, you know, talk to us about like some of the best surfing you saw him do. You know, what's what's amazing with uh, something that, you know, this is just a personal, a few people know this, but, um, or, you know, when we surfed it off the wall one night um, when on a full moon and I watched him get a barrel in front of me and blown out in front like it wasn't bigger and it was like three or four foot and you know this is a midnight and he got blown out of this little off the wall tube and he said he goes like later that night or whatever or the next day he's like that was one of my top three barrels just because of obviously the feeling he got in that tube and I was just like wow I got to witness something that you know obviously when you think of um obviously his top three tubes would be far better than that tube he got like obviously real you know but the feel he that feeling for him he said that was one of his top three tubes and like fuck i just witnessed something that's not on film you know i was like that's yeah. pretty and um you know wow. that's that's crazy personal, a personal feeling for for you know it's like when you think you've done a good turn and you look at it and you see footage of it you know like, that was fucking shit ass and like or vice versa you feel like you do something average and it looks good on film or whatever so but yeah to hear that and 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 you know see that is pretty pretty um pretty classic pretty special and but yeah um that aside just the lines and stuff that guy took and the surfing he's basically even to this day um to me a complete surfer um you know you see 
there's a lot of complete surfers on the tour right now. Don't get me wrong, but he, you know, was the complete, complete surfer. No matter what was in front of him, he could surf it well. And um, yeah, so yeah, what a freak. What a freak. What a sick chapter of your life. I mean, it didn't end maybe the way he wanted to, or maybe it did, but far out what golden years they were, man. Like, holy shit. You were part of like, yeah, probably the greatest assemblage of, of surf talent, like of, of all time. It's right up there with it. I can't think of a, a better team than that, really. Yeah, it's in, I, I, there's actually, there's an old photo and a, a, of, I think it's at the off the wall house and you look at every one of the surfers and you're like. Cansdell oh, also at yeah, the peak of his powers at that point. Yeah, exactly. And just, you're just like, whoa, that's, that's a solid team. <laughs> so, good um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm once again, blessed to have got to be a part of that. And um, yeah, I got no regrets with anything that where I'm at right now. So yeah. Um, yeah, life's good, and and when I look back at all the things, you know, as and, and I, like I said, I'm proud of myself for achieving what I'd achieved in the bigger waves before 25. You know, if if it had kept going on, and I'm now that's 10 years of if I was still chasing it hard, who knows? It, it could be hurt. I could have had unbelievable waves, but I don't know. So I'm not, you know, life takes you where it's meant to take you, and I feel like it's taking me down the right road, and um yeah i'm not gonna hold no grudges on nothing i'm i'm stoked <laughs> mm. yeah and I, that's such a good point man about being hurt like if in that realm if you do it seems to me that the pattern i've seen emerge is you know if you do chase it too hard for the wrong reasons um for financial incentives i mean twiggy baker's kind of the exception to this rule but like you know where he had to keep winning those events because he loved it so much he needed to win he loves it he's an animal animal and he had to win events to get the money to keep surfing big waves so like he's still ultimately doing it for the right reasons even though the finance was such a big part of it but yeah if you do do it for the wrong reasons you get fucked up it seems like to me for sure it's i feel like there's some respect thing there that the ocean knows it's like I'm a bit like, what's the word? Um, ah, mind blank. Um, ah, you know, like superstitious or whatever. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah, it's like, I, I, you know, when you're just going in to surf those waves, you got to put your head in a, you know, when you're looking at, you know, those waves and you're like, I want to go out and properly ride those waves. I'm not going to pussyfoot around and like, I'm here to, you got to put yourself in a, pretty weird headspace like um you can for me i i i just really focus and zone in and try not to let it rattle me and um because i i do know within myself like the lead up and this is probably for everyone the lead up's pretty intense the, the day before and you're like fuck tomorrow's gonna be you know however big and and however scary and however dangerous but you really got to just put yourself in this positive mind frame and, and it's like an inner, whatever, everyone would have their own way they deal with it. But for me, as soon as I touch the water, like once, once I jump in and I'm a part of that ocean, it's like this, I, I, it all releases. I feel natural and I feel like I'm where I'm meant to be, whether I get a good wave or not. It's like, I feel comfortable and um, I've never wanted to surf not for myself in those bigger waves and moments and what you're saying there if you're not 
doing it for yourself, then yeah, maybe you're not thinking as clear as you should be. And that's when you do get hurt and injured. And I mean, you, you get hurt and in, injured unexpectedly also, and that's goes for any sport that's dangerous, but um, you know, you, you want to be as uh, clear minded as possible when you're um, chasing those sort of waves and I guess, you know, doing it week in, week out, you, yeah, there's a good chance you will eventually stuff up and get hurt. But um, if you're really, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's tricky. Everyone would be thinking different, I'm sure. Mm, no, it's such a good insight, man. Because, uh, yeah, some of the stuff you've seen over the years, like particularly that code red swell, like where you're rocking up at a wave and, and you, you must be seriously questioning, like, fuck, is this even doable? And, uh, you know, there's, there's all this pressure, there's all these resources behind you, like, you know, jet skis, flights, all this kind of shit. And you got to block all that out. Cause at the end of the day, none of that is worth losing your life over or sustaining a, a career ending injury. But I think you nailed it with like, you know, you, when you go out there, it's, it's, uh, whether you catch a wave or not, it, it like, that's the kind of mentality that you need to have. If you feel comfortable and you want one, then yeah then go but like if if you're not in that zone uh mentally then you got no place being on a wave out there that's fully when you get fucked for sure just trying not to force things and um you know coming away with being comfortable and and it's all good if you don't get what you were looking for on those days is a big one i reckon like um being too over hungry is is probably for me it doesn't work um I, I, you know, when I see someone else get a crazy wave on those days, I'm stoked for them. Like, you know, it's like that was their day and that was their time and that was their moment and fucking good on them. Like that's insane. You know, it's, they're doing what you want to do. And if it doesn't happen to you, you got, you got to be stoked for them. So like, Mm. don't want to be that hungry in, you know, you got to be hungry to want those waves as well, but um but to be stoked, you know, and satisfied if you walk away from those days without what you were chasing, that you were just a part of that day. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and what are your defining memories from that swell, from that day? Um, def- well, there's endless, I guess. Um, the noises through the night um, with the, the waves cracking on the reef. Um waking up to see what the lagoon looked like, um, you know, waves coming into the houses, um, getting out there to witness, you know, because to witness the first thing we've seen was a bodyboarder just free fall from a paddled into some wave early in the morning. We were the only boat because boats weren't allowed out. So a boat come past and grabbed us to go out and have a look close up first thing and the bodyboarder's just paddled into something ridiculous like didn't think it looked that big when we're rocking up and then just watched him continue to free fall out of this thing like holy shit that's big and then i Fuck, mean, I wonder if that was our last guest brendan newton probably was oh, seriously he was he was the tahitian version of brendan newton he was a tahitian <laughs> oh, true. classic yes I, I don't know who that was but hats off to him that was psycho um you know, it's not on film or anything, I don't think. Um, and, like how crazy is that, eh? Like just to be oh, out there at dawn yeah, trying to paddle waves. Madness, <laughs> that size. Yeah. It's mad. And, um, 
and I guess the the bigger waves that day, the one that Bruce and um and Nathan Fletcher got, they were you know I, watching them from behind was crazy. Just the explosions going into the sky was, um, and then. I guess just the reactions on everyone's faces and the excitement is probably the the biggest one is just, you know, everyone's just, yeah, full energy and, yeah, it was it was a pretty wild day. Fucking wild. And, and what about your waves? Like what, what, do, you, what do you remember of, of the waves you caught that day? Um, with all my good waves I've ridden over the years, I got sort of like a photographic memory of them. I've got these like kind of moments of the most intense part of, all my good waves if i like right now if you say think about a wave and i start thinking hard about it it's like i'll think hard and then a little photo of a moment will pop into my head of that wave. that's sick man let's we got that's a mad game we can play then talk (laughs) us through the the one you got at uh the ones you got at chopes like the yeah that the the photographic uh sequence in your mind yeah okay so like you, for me, it's 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 obviously the deepest part when you're in a tube, and the deepest part you're generally seeing that bend and maybe the back of one or two boats, um, or a few boats. Um, so, I guess like, yeah, the you know what I'll never forget is um, I actually found the footage not long ago, but it's so blurry and old is. Um, my first trip to Tahiti and I went the first wave of, uh, um, I was set and I was like, I've gone this, you know, biggish one and I've let go a little, little deep and started racing along it thinking I'm good. And then I pulled off last minute cause I was borderline, didn't know I was going to make it or not. Pulled off to turn around and it just so happened to be the set of the day and Mark Healy was on it and I had to kick as hard as I could to get under, under it, like. And for a split second, I was like, do I paddle to the lagoon or do I paddle at this wave? My Lord. And I paddled obviously at the wave. If I paddled to the lagoon, I, who knows what would happen. Um, anyway, I've got a memory of Mark Healy, like literally a couple feet away from me, zooming past me with this wall of water that's as big as a telegraph pole, it felt like. And because you're wow. down low in the water and your head's just out of the water and you're looking up at this wall of water. And so I got a pretty good memory of that one. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, you're not going to forget uh, that. that. That probably nah, keeps you awake but, at night. Yeah, it was. Yeah, those ones can can make you think think on things. Um, but but yeah, that was a, yeah, that and was then a that, yeah, and that bend that you're talking about, like, I mean, I, I'm not in any place to really say, but like I, I can't imagine anywhere on earth really has – a view in, in the pit like chopes in terms of just the thickness, the squareness and that fucking wicked kink in it. Yeah, no way. It's it's um you feel the energy around you with Chopu. Like I, I'm looking forward to going back one day. I know it's pretty um pretty busy now, but I'll still love to go back and try and get a couple more before my time's done. Um and uh yeah it's just there's so much energy in those waves is, you know, that it, it's so beautiful and so perfect. And if you ride it right, it's, it's just surreal. The feeling it's just this big water cylinder that is, you know, when you're deep in one out there, it's, 
uh, it's it's its own feeling in surfing. It's you know all those guys that are getting and have felt that they can understand what I'm trying to say. But yeah, it's its own feeling, and there's no other wave. Oh, there might be, but there's no real other wave that that does that so perfectly. So um, I guess that's why what everyone chases when they're having a crack out there. And you know, I'd actually just seen a photo Matei put up not long ago of um, his big one that almost breaks off the reef. And I was just like, that must have felt surreal. Like they feel surreal at the size that I've ridden and whatever, but his waves like double the size of all these other waves. And it's like, and he was deep, you know, it's funny because when you look at photos from the channel, you're like, you first look, it doesn't look deep, but then you start, putting yourself in his shoes and where he's looking and what he is seeing and where the lip is. It's just like, that must've just felt silly. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's one of those waves that almost feels, feels fake. Man. It's such a good point. You don't really get an idea of, of the depth of these tube rides, cloud break, uh, chopes, like you're looking into it and um, it, it can, they can seem like pocket rides cause, or, or, or not as deep as you think just because of, of the perspective, but fuck man, just the ability of chopes to, to square out and, and make the, like, just pull the, the ocean so taut that everything's so smooth and you would have such a, I imagine you would have such a sense of the, the shallowness and the, the, the sheer fucking energy just pulling taut around you. Like, I, I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's its own wave. That's for sure. It's and wow. pretty uh, pretty special that 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 thing's on this planet. <laughs> so sick, man. And finally, like I can't let you go without talking to you about cloud break because uh, and you've had the best wave of your life out there, or one of, and also the the fucking best wipe out of your life. Like uh, <laughs> that's like one of the one of the classic hidings. Uh, from yeah, that was pretty early on in the kind of history of cloudy in, in terms of it being open to the public i don't even know if it was open to the public at that point but yeah, yeah. talk us through your, your history with that wave well it's 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 cool when i actually think of those two waves how um how far big wave surfing has progressed you know the the um the first that one when i fall out of the sky and get get flogged or whatever back whatever year that was um you know i'm just in boardies and got a six eight and I'm just paddled out to try and catch a wave and well it's pretty big out here and then you go move forward however many years and i've got the right board i've got an impact vest i got a pull vest i got leggies that can detach i got all the right equipment and mm. on you do you know i make the wave <laughs> but um yeah i mean it's crazy how far big wave surfing's come and what people are doing it's been pretty inspiring to watch and um yeah i guess i actually haven't done a whole lot of time at cloud break i've only surfed it i've only been there three or four times um and two of those times were for big the big swells and um yeah that that whole um day i got the good wave was it's just one of those trips that everything falls into your, you know falls into your lap it's kind of like I really had goals on that trip too. Like, like I was saying, when you put yourself in a mind frame and think of things and, you know, you got little goals on that trip, what you want to achieve. And 
I kept telling myself I really want a good tube, like I want a good one. And, you know, the big windy day, I got towed into a couple of big waves and um, and I paddled into a couple of big waves, but I walked away from that day like stoked going, fuck, I got, that was pretty cool, but I didn't get the wave that I wanted. Like, and it was, you know, it was like the next day, still luckily another day and it almost seemed like it wasn't going to be another day we woke up and it was like a tropical cyclone it was raining and the weather was terrible and we're staying at Malolo which is a fair bit away from where everyone stays at Tavarua and Namotu all the all the people stay there like most of the big wave guys were staying there and we're we're back at Malolo and it was just like torrential weather like like let's just let's just go like we're here let's jump in the boat and go and so we mowed it out in the shitty weather and then got out there and the wind has just gone glass off and and we beat all the Tavarua and the Motu crew out and got out there and, um, you know, I didn't have a big board. I just, I'd snapped my dill that wasn't even big enough and luckily Dan had a couple of big boards and Dan jumped off the boat first and, and there was only three people out and, he got a couple and then got one nice tube and he was like, I'm stoked. I'm done. And it's like, really? I can use your board. And he's like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I borrowed Dan's board and, and went out. And then obviously like when I caught that wave, obviously a fair few crew come out and um, it was, yeah, it was just another one. It's, it's on again and here's some proper waves. And yeah, I just, I just remember putting myself in a position that day, like, I I um I got out the back to where that wave you know I wanted to be out you know I was a second or third person out out kind of thing I, I had this landmark that I gave myself looking at you know back at at feet the main island I gave myself a landmark with the tower and um kept putting myself there and um and yeah there was one guy outside of me paddling for that wave and and he was too far out and 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 I was almost too far out and I just remember going go go and yeah head down and and caught that wave and it was one of the most yeah special waves I've I've ridden it just again the feeling of that thing and how long it actually felt and um again like the perspective when I look at the photos and that doesn't look like I'm that deep but my own personal feeling of that wave is like unbelievable and um you know just a beautiful big tube where i get to let go of my rail and and really appreciate where i'm where i am in that wave and and to ride it you know my standard for myself perfectly was um i was just yeah it felt like one of the best waves i'd ever ridden and yeah i come out and it's like to be in my headspace the whole time on that trip thinking i want to get a crazy tube and then it, it happens you're like you, you tick you tick the box and you sort of like you know it feels surreal that you actually because it's such a um you know all the guys who've all those crew have rode crazy ones at jaws and wherever else that they'd be the same thing that you know got here comes this swell i hope i get the good one i really want to get a good one and all the lead up and then it actually happens and it's like a surreal feeling, you know, it's like, wow, it just, it just happened. And, you know, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an unbelievable feeling. And I hope a lot of people get to experience those sort of feelings with whatever they do in their life. Um, and, you know, the, to me, that was just a, 
you know, one of those special waves that, you know, another one of those special waves of being lucky enough to ride and put myself in the position. And um, it was funny because I paddled back out and I, I, everyone was so super stoked and just the vibe and whatever. I was, you know, it was an amazing experience. And the funny thing is I was sitting out there and, and I was actually in the perfect spot for another one and I didn't go because I felt guilty, like, I'll let someone else go. I just like if I go another good one, I'm I feel greedy. So I was that satisfied that you know I I'm done. I almost should have not even paddled back out. You know, and I I, I paddled back out just because I was just I was almost in awe, confused of what I'd just ridden. You know, like wow, that that was insane. What do I do now? Do I paddle back out? Do I go sit in the boat? Do I, you know, and yeah, naturally I paddle back out. But um, but yeah, it's just one of those special waves. Man, that's wisdom. Uh, it's interesting chatting to, to uh, Brando, Brandon Newton, about you know the wave of his life at uh, I think Salty Dogs or some fucked up slab off the coast there, and you know he gets the wave of his life, and then uh, kind of unlike you, goes straight back out and just fucking sends it on like something that's I don't know like five foot bigger and it, it nearly kills him. Like, and so. I guess the lesson there is, is yeah, when you've had that wave, like there is a certain wisdom in that. Like Dan, uh, got to shout Dan Ross out too. Like I forgot to mention him in the honor roll of Yamba icons, but um, yeah, like, you know, that's wisdom to me is, is, is getting that wave and knowing that it's time. Like it's fine. It's fine to just have that one and, and not get flogged and, and go in with fucking dry hair. Like it's all good. <laughs> I mean, um, with that Brendan fella, I'm guessing I feel like I've seen that stuff, and that was he's out there with nobody or one other dude, or yeah, pretty much. So I guess if I was, my whole thing was guilt of um, paddling back out, and all these other people are trying to catch their waves and right, like, my bomb, like let them have it in a sense. But yeah, okay, I don't know. I sort of, I sort of, but whether, yeah, I mean. If there was no one out, I'd be freaking paddling back out with that lineup as quick as I could. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Surprising that people want it when it's like that. Like that that wave's fucking psycho. It has kind of almost shades of that doomsday thundercloud set that Healy fucking um dived under just in the the that kind of double up back ledge look on it, you know, like when cloudy's like that, like it's, it's fucking, there's no chip ins. It's, it's like a, a, an elevator drop, like, like, like depot esque fuck. It's just psycho. Like, and the drop on that wave is, is the bit that stands out to me about it. it you must've had some PTSD from the 2011 beating. Cause I mean, like they look, you're in this a very similar position, but yeah, like you said, you've got the right equipment. It's, it's, it's glassy instead of like, fucking sideshow whatever it was on that day you got <laughs> the hiding and mate you, you handled you fucking kept your composure and absolutely just elevator dropped into the bottom of that thing found your rail and fucking stood <laughs> tall in a proper 15 foot pit unbelievable <laughs> yeah pretty pretty stoked definitely stoked on that wave it's yeah and i hope there's some more to come i hope you know whether it happens in years to come but i just that's the cool thing about surfing and what um keeps me excited about those days like like i said i don't have to chase it hard and whatever i'm i'm happy doing what i'm doing and raising a beautiful family and living the life i'm living and but if there's a yeah i mean if there's a cloud break swell i do not want to miss that that's for sure but if i miss swells here and there it doesn't phase me but um 
I learned that from from the job site thing, you know. When I first jumped on the job site and I was seeing these swells and stuff, and that's when paddle surfing really started taking off. I was I was like getting, you know, internally I was hurting, like I was internally struggling. And I've learned to let that go. And and you know, I've gotten older. I'm obviously not as hungry in that sense. So um I just hope move like as as time goes on, I still you know there'll be a few opportunities where i'm in those positions again and it all works out and yeah take take it as it comes sick man well thanks so much for your time and yeah you're doing it the right way man so uh no doubt there'll be some insane waves uh to come in your life and even better than that like um you know you're going to be in a place to to really enjoy those waves and and you know not be doing stuff for for any other motivation than then uh personal motivations and uh, i mean not that you've ever done it differently but yeah look forward to to seeing what what comes out of your world man yeah no it's it's exciting and like like you're saying yeah it's um i mean feel like i'm in an amazing position i'm lucky with what i'm doing with need essentials and you know there'll be more films come in the future and more fun exciting trips and yeah i'm, I'm yeah i'm so grateful for where i'm at and yeah love and life Sick, mate. Thank you so much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers for having me. On your laws. See you, brother. Big deal. Catch up.